Welcome to the Emergency Management Network Podcast. Emergency Management's Trusted Voice, sponsored by Titan HST. As we close out the first month of the year and stick with the theme of resolve to be resilient, I thought it'd be prudent to discuss building a disaster resilient community. Disasters, whether natural or man-made, can be devastating consequences for communities. In recent years, we've seen increase in the frequency of severity of disasters from major hurricanes to floods and to wildfires and pandemics. And the impacts of these events can be devastating, not only in terms of physical damage, but also in the terms of human and economic costs. And building disaster resilient communities are more critical than ever in the light of these events. A disaster resilient community can prepare for, withstand, and recover from disasters. And when we look at improving emergency management, we must include the holistic approach. The traditional approach to emergency management narrowly focuses on four phases. And we must explore emergency management's complexities and nuances. The holistic approach to emergency management is needed to address the whole picture, including preparedness, mitigation, response, and recovery. However, practitioners and academics must consider the social impacts of disaster, disaster economics, and the implications of disaster migration and disaster politics. What do we need to do to start building disaster resilient communities? Well, to start, it requires a commitment from all levels of government, community organizations, and individuals. And this includes investing in infrastructure, building codes, and we must consider the potential risk of specific hazards and implement emergency planning and training programs at the government level with community stakeholders, such as Chamber of Commerce, faith-based organizations, and community groups. It also requires the commitment of social resistance and addressing the specific needs of marginalized groups, such as low-income individuals, people with disabilities, and older adults. One of the main benefits of disaster-resilient communities is it can significantly reduce disaster's human and economic costs. For example, a study of the 1994 Northridge earthquake in California found that buildings had been retrofitted to meet seismic safety standards sustained significantly less damage than those that had not. Similarly, in 2004, Indian Ocean found that communities with early warning systems and evacuation plans in place suffered fewer casualties than those without. In addition to reducing the immediate impacts of disaster, building disaster-resilient communities can also help them recover more quickly and effectively. And this includes providing stable housing and employment, supporting small businesses, and investing in infrastructure to help communities recover and thrive in the long term. Despite the clear benefit of building disaster-resilient communities, Many government officials still prioritize response efforts over proactive measures such as preparedness and mitigation. One reason is that these measures can be more difficult and expensive than response efforts. However, in investing in disaster resilience is cost-effective in the long run and essential for assuring stable future for all. Building disaster-resilient communities are more important than ever in the light of the increasing frequency of disasters. A comprehensive approach that encompasses preparedness and mitigation response recovery is essential for reducing disasters, human and economic costs. And communities and governments must prioritize investment in disaster resilience for a sustainable future for all. In the immediate aftermath, 
Emergency responders and relief organizations rushed to provide aid and assistance to those affected. However, as critical as these response efforts are, more is needed to address the disaster's impact fully. When asked why government officials are reluctant to invest in creating disaster resilience programs, the most common answer is preparedness and mitigation efforts are less often visible than those response efforts. For example, a community that has implemented effective evacuation plans and early warning systems may not experience a disaster. And so the value of those measures may be less evident to the residents and the decision makers. While response efforts for essential and immediate aftermath of disasters is more needed to address the impacts of these events fully, preparedness and mitigations are critical components of that comprehensive disaster strategy. Despite these challenges, communities and governments must prioritize those activities. So what are the long-term social impacts of disaster? Disasters have far-reaching, long-lasting impacts on individuals and communities, while the immediate physical damage caused by the disasters is often apparent. The social impacts can be more subtle and less visible, but equally devastating. And understanding the social impacts of disaster is critical for effectively addressing those needs of the affected individuals and communities and planning for future events. One of the most significant social impacts of disasters is the disruption of social network and support systems. Disasters can cause individuals to lose their homes and jobs and possessions, leading to displacement and separation from friends and family and the community. As profoundly impacts the mental health, with many individuals experiencing symptoms of anxiety, depression, and post-traumatic stress disorder. Another social impact of disaster is the increased vulnerability for specific populations. Disasters can exacerbate existing social inequalities, disproportionately affecting marginalized groups, as we mentioned before, such as the low-income individuals, people with disabilities, and older adults. And these populations may have fewer resources to cope with the aftermath of disaster and more likely to experience adverse health outcomes. In addition, the immediate impacts of disasters could have long-term consequences on individuals and communities' social and economic well-being. For example, individuals who lose their home and jobs may struggle to find stable housing and employment in the aftermath of a disaster, leading to a long-term financial insecurity. Communities that suffer significant infrastructure damage also need to help rebuild and recover economically, leading to a decline in population and community cohesion. The social impacts of disaster can have broader implications for society. For example, mass displacement caused by the disaster can strain the resource of neighboring communities as well. That can lead to increasing competition for jobs and housing. And this can lead to increased social tensions and mistrust amongst different groups. Given disasters' far-reaching and long-lasting implications, response and recovery efforts must consider these impacts. And this includes providing mental health support for effective individuals and communities, addressing specific needs for the vulnerable populations, and supporting long-term recovery and rebuilding efforts that consider the social, economic, and well-being affected individuals and economies. Emergency management profession must be moved beyond the EOC community members, and elected officials spend time, money, and resources focusing on the response phase of disasters. Elected officials like to take photos standing next to new fire equipment, and community members are proud of their first responders, as they should be. However, they do not address the long-term social impacts of the disaster. Emergency management is critical to protecting communities from disasters, devastating consequences. Today, emergency management needs to reflect on the issues and the complexities of the long-term social impacts of disaster. 
And long-term social impacts of disaster include disruption of social network and support systems, increased vulnerabilities to specific populations, and long-term consequences for the social and economic well-beings of individuals and communities. Furthermore, emergency management needs to be equipped to deal with those long-term impacts of disaster. Dr. Daniel Ulrich discusses the issues Japan faced after the 2011 triple disaster, which consisted of earthquake, tsunami, and nuclear crisis, in his book, Black Wave, How Networks and Governments Shaped Japan's Triple Disaster. He argues that Japan's central government structure hindered the ability of local communities to respond effectively to the disaster, and decisions were made primarily at the national level without adequate input from those affected. Dr. Alwich also highlights the importance of social networks and community connections in the disaster recovery, as residents who had strong ties to their communities were more likely to receive help and support in the aftermath of disaster. As I said before, while the four phases of emergency management are essential, and elected officials may focus on the initial phase of providing immediate aid and assistance to affected individuals and communities, considering Alwick's work, emergency managers must reflect on the issues of the complexities of those long-term social impacts of disaster. Emergency management needs to shift its focus to include those long-term recovery and rebuilding efforts that consider the social, economic, and well-being of the affected individuals and the communities and prioritize the social recovery and resilience in addition to the physical recovery to ensure a sustainable future for all. So creating that anti-fragile community. First, we must define what is an anti-fragile community. It consists of robust disaster resilient program with a comprehensive approach that addresses the immediate response and long-term recovery building efforts. It's designed to reduce the human and economic loss with additional disaster and social impact. One of the essential components of anti-fragility is addressing the marginalized groups and the specific needs of the vulnerabilities. A robust disaster resilient program should also include mental health support for individuals and communities, and disasters can cause individuals to lose their homes, jobs, and possessions, leading to that displacement. And this can profoundly impact the mental health with many individuals experiencing that anxiety, depression, and post-traumatic disorder. And a robust disaster resilient community helps individuals and communities cope with disasters' emotional and psychological impacts by providing that mental health support. Finally, the robust disaster resilient community should also support long-term recovery and rebuilding efforts, including providing stable housing, employment, and supporting small businesses, and investing in infrastructure to help communities recover and thrive in the long-term. A robust resilient program is essential to addressing social impacts of disasters, it combines protective measures such as preparedness and mitigation with tailored support for marginalized groups, health support, and long-term recovery and building efforts. By implementing a robust disaster resilient program, communities and governments can ensure a more resilient future and mitigate the social impacts of disasters. This is the road to an anti-fragile community. Hey everybody, thank you so much for being with us today. And if you enjoy what we're doing, please give us a good rating here uh, on your favorite podcast player. And also join us over at emnetwork.substack.com and become a subscriber. I would be love to have you guys here and it's great to have you part of the community. Well, until next time, please stay safe, stay hydrated.